This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. Breaking news, the rating for Raw is likely to fall at 2.7 or 2.8. Sting versus Flair did a 5-4. Jeff Hawkins. This is a joke. I'm going to kick your butt when I, once I get bail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. There ain't no stopping us now. We celebrate on the floor. Top down, we're ready to go. To all the people across every nation. Turn it up and give me some more. Balloon guy! Hey kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. Chris Novembrino traveling this week. So answering the call. If you want to blame somebody for the bane of existence that I am in wrestling audio, the man who first, first took a young er Jeff Hawkins made of clay and sculpted him into the horrible audio presence. He is now the creator of shake them ropes, Rob McCarron. Hi, Rob. I cannot believe you are blaming me for discovering you. Like, don't throw me under the bus like that. What you have become is under your own powers <laughs> and not my fault. Uh, but hey, it is it is great to be here on Shake Them Ropes. I, uh, I'm glad the streak is alive. I've never missed an episode, and I'm happy to continue that streak <laughs> as, we, uh, as we go in to discuss uh, AEW Full Gear or whatever the hell's going on in wrestling these days. <laughs> Do you watch any wrestling these days? Or are you just watching oh, this? Oh, of course I do. First of all, I've never missed an episode of Dynamite. I mean, come on. It's so great. Uh, although over the last year, and maybe we'll talk about this at some point, just the okay. momentum shift that has been the uh, rise of WWE again in the fall of AEW. Yeah. And obviously those are grandiose terms that aren't really reflective of what's happening, but just the momentum shift over the last year has been incredible to watch. Uh, but no, I, I, uh, I look forward to Wednesday nights. I have definitely watched uh, the last few months of raw, maybe just the last month and a half. Yeah, um, I'm one of those. Half has been different. Yeah. It's been different. There's been stuff to see to where it's like, okay, there's enough stuff to see. I might as well just watch like the whole show and maybe start it an hour late and kind of skip through commercials and skip through some stuff. I mean, three mm -hmm. hours is a long time still yes. to devote every Monday, but I'm not like an NFL watcher to the extreme to where Monday nights, no, it's Monday night football. I can't watch anything else. Um, even though I'm strangely excited about this week's Thursday game, which I could say is probably the first time ever in the history of my life that I'm excited for a, a Thursday night NFL game. But uh, yeah, no, I've been watching raw. I don't watch SmackDown live, but I try to catch up on the moments. Cause what Sami Zayn is doing right now is incredible. What Roman has been doing the last two years is great. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've probably been watching it more so lately than I have since I left Shake Them Ropes. My brother is at the Thursday night game tonight. Uh, he is a <laughs> your brother. He is a season ticket holder of the Kansas City Chiefs. He ran okay. into. He flies out from D.C. to go to the games. Uh, <laughs> really? He, so he's so on a Thursday he's flying from D.C. to go to a Chiefs Chargers game. Yeah, he can he can do his job from anywhere. So it's one of those things. Right. Ran into no, former I, I Chiefs like kicker Nick Lowry. And he just goes, guess who this is? I go, I have no idea, Chris. I know you're just taking random photos. I don't know. I, I don't know if there is an NFL kicker right now that I would be able to pick out of a lineup and say, hey, this is the kicker. Like, I don't yeah. know what Greg Zerline looks like without mm -hmm. the helmet on. I don't. I, I think I might be able to pick Rodrigo Blankenship, but I can't even say he's an NFL kicker now. He's not I mean, an good NFL riddance. kicker anymore. <laughs> good riddance. So I, I just don't know. I Like maybe Mike Vanderjet, is that still his name? Like the Colts, the idiot Colts Drunken kicker. idiot kicker. That's what the, the idiot kicker might be the only one I could pick out of a lineup and he's been out of the league for 20 years or whatever it is. So no, I'm not picking any of them out of a lineup. I, uh, I just can't do it. I have three questions pertaining to you. Um, three? To three, me? Oh my gosh. Three okay. to you. Uh, the first, because people drop in and go, ask this all the time, and I don't have a direct answer. People do ask about you, Rob, and they want to know what you're doing with your life right now. 
well, I'm just out there putting on the good fight, trying to restore Trump as president King. <laughs> and uh, it's not going well at the moment. It's not going great. Shake the rest of and cancel because Rob came on and said, <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, ropes need to be shaken. Right? Oh. Ropes need to be shaken more. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's like the age old tale, right? Is I got married and other things took the front focus of my life. Uh, so I had to, uh, I, I just stopped watching wrestling as much. And then I felt I shouldn't be talking about it because I wasn't watching it as much. Um, Those and, were some uh, phenomenal shows, by the way, when you weren't watching when weren't, wrestling. When I wasn't watching it. Yeah, yeah. When I would show up for 20 minutes of SmackDown and then try to extrapolate <laughs> like everything that would have happened. Like watching three minute YouTube clips became too hard because it was just too much time. Um, I mean, it's the same reason why like I... I was a pretty big, when it was Nitro, when it was Impact, when it was WWE, like I'll watch all the shows. I'll watch Raw on SmackDown. I'll watch Nitro and Thunder. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I was watching Impact and it was easier because it was Impact and then Raw and SmackDown. Uh, AEW, Dynamite, Rampage. I'm watching Dynamite regularly. Rampage is usually on the DVR. Uh, mm -hmm. SmackDown, it's the important moments. And then Raw, I've been watching it live more lately. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to watch everything. There's just too much. Yeah. Um, and, and not even too much. There's, there's so much, which is good for a lot of folks. And if your style is not American wrestling, then there's international wrestling you could be watching. And there's plenty of people out there that still would prefer to watch impact and kind of see the, uh, the guys that aren't in the mainstream right now. Um, it, it's just, there's a lot of stuff and, uh, life gets in the way to where I'm not going to be an expert on what's happening with aew dark storylines i'm True. just not and i'm probably not going to catch aew dark and aew dark evolution and uh, elevation rather i'm sorry big show paul white mistake there uh i'm just those shows aren't even really for the watch everything crowd either i mean those shows exist strictly for the fact that three years from now if sky blue makes it big or any of these people that are on AEW Dark make it big, we have footage of them. If right. anyone goes to the other company, we have footage of them. It's it's great and it's smart to like get as much content as you can. Try to make a little bit of your money back with YouTube ads or whatever the case may be, but have all this library to where you'll you'll baby you'll be able to fill a, a streaming service one day. You might be able to have all these hours of content that you can put on Bleacher Reports app or HBO Max or HBO Discovery. You know, any of these types of apps. It's smart to do it, but those shows really aren't for the the watch everything crowd. It's hey, are you on YouTube? You want to see what's new? You yeah. know, with uh, Tony Storm, watch this match against a no name for 3 minutes, you know? Have you been keeping up with the indie run of your former favorite wrestler, perhaps current favorite wrestler, one Jeff Jarrett? Uh, Jeff Jarrett. Um, so of the podcasts I listen to, <laughs> okay, I I don't listen to a bunch. It's everything, almost everything that Dan Levitard produces, I try to get. And it's the Jeff Jarrett show. It's my world with Jeff mm -hmm. Jarrett. So I am keeping up with all things Jeff Jarrett. Okay. And like he is so much better now than even 25 years ago when he was my favorite wrestler. And it's not because of his wrestling. It's just, I, he seems like a really honest guy about what the story is. He doesn't remember a whole lot, which no one does. Sometimes it's so odd listening to that show. And he's talking about something that wrestling fans in general know or remember so clearly that happened 25 years ago, 1997, 1998. We want to get answers from him. He's like, he just promotes the research team and says, I don't recollect it. I, I just don't recall what was going Montreal on. Montreal screw job. What the hell's that? Never heard honestly, of it. Honestly, everything WWE did, I understand it. It was great. And we went our separate ways. So I'm like, come on, dude. I mean, these are big life moments for you. And maybe they're not. Maybe we as fans, you know, sometimes think a moment is bigger than it really was. Like at the end of the day, Jeff Jarrett left WWE the second time just because he wanted some money and wanted to go to a new place. Like, yeah. That's a big moment for us because, oh, it was crazy news. And he showed up on Nitro the day after a pay-per-view. But him, it's like, okay, I'm just going to the next city. It's just for a different company this time. Um, but it's here. It's cool to hear his thoughts. I really like him going through like the early days of TNA and whatnot. But um, 
I can't say I've watched the GCW stuff. Oh, it's uh, great. He's great in it, I think. Too. I bet. I, I... <laughs> no, I'm I'm sure because Jeff Jarrett has been he's been fun. I mean, obviously the returns of the Royal Rumbles the last couple of years right. have been uh have been hyped. Um, it's very interesting that he's just gone in and out of WWE as much as he has. Like literally it took him what eight years to go in and out of WWE the first go around. And then it took him you know, eight months kind of to do if it that, yeah. this time. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's been interesting to follow along with Jeff Jarrett. It was uh, when you started saying, have I been following my favorite indie wrestler? Like I was trying to think like, who is <laughs> my favorite indie wrestler? Because that could mean Alex Shelley, which I mean, the career Alex Shelley has had in the last four years when he is basically his career is over. Like he, he kind of retired from wrestling and went on with his regular life. And was like, I'll do some dates here and there. That's why you saw him on the the low level indies, the stuff that he could get to on a Saturday and then come home. And now he's like on impact. He's probably going to do some stuff with new Japan at some point. Again, he's doing AEW. He was in the NXT tag team. Uh, it was a tag team tournament. They had an NXT yeah, with, uh, with Kushida, Kushida that one time. Yeah. And uh, he's just been everywhere, man. Like this is a guy that's appeared on AEW. He's probably going to appear in ring of honor when whatever, whatever happens with ring of honor happens. He's probably going to be a part of that for at least a show uh, impact WWE all uh, in the last five years uh, is going to be something, but you could have gone with Alex Shelley. You could have gone with Chad Collier, Chad Collier. I have no idea what he's up to these days. I think he's a magician because <laughs> uh, he hasn't wrestled really in the Indies for 15 years. Um, but yeah, you could have gone a long different way. I mean, Randy Orton, like where's Randy Orton at? Like he could be working the Indies and we don't even know right now. Uh, I, I, don't I wish he so. was back. Injury. I wish he were this poor back, man. I hate back <laughs> injuries because uh, any baseball fans out there like back injuries are just the death sentence to like a career. Mm-hmm. And you know, Christian Yelich went from best player in the league to nothing because of his back. Mike Trout, it makes you scared because he has a back injury right now. Like what's he going to be? And then he's like becoming the best player of all time again this year lately. So you never know with back injuries. It's tough. Hulk Hogan. I mean, Hulk Hogan probably could have wrestled for an extra 10 years if his back wasn't Uh, in the shape that it was in. Uh, Uh, And he would have too, if he had the choice. And particular to your fandom, uh, because you were, Well, I mean, your former fandom when you were like in your. 20s. I'm still. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm still a fan. I've taken. Yeah. Uh, so my wife Love has <laughs> come, has come with me to AEW. My wife, this poor girl, bless her, uh, sat through an AEW dark taping at Universal Studios last October <laughs> for five hours. <laughs> Like, okay, I'm I'm getting the word on the street. These tapings usually last like two and a half, three hours. And they were advertised, you know, Brian Danielson was there under a mask and Adam Cole was the main event. Like, okay, let's go. I'm not I'm not taking her to too many shows. We're not going to Dynamites or whatever, because they're on Wednesday nights. It's tough. And they don't they don't come to northeast Indiana, right? Like right. the closest I can get to is a Grand Rapids. Uh so they just don't come this way. So we're in Universal. This was not planned to go to a dark taping. We're in Universal this week. We had this trip planned for a while. And then AEW dark is taping on one of the Saturdays. Like, well, we can go to the park during the day and then go to this taping two and a half, three hours. We'll be out of here. And this Tony Khan, you know, (laughs) mother ever, this guy decides, you know what, this taping that Rob's at, we're going to go five hours and we're going to hold off. He knew you were there for the very, um, (laughs) no, I'm sure he did not. I'm sure no one knew I was there. Well, this, this actually wraps in because both you and he were part of the ring of honor message board. How do you think that, uh, how do you think they're treating Ring of Honor in AEW uh, vis-a-vis your fandom and former fandom? Would you like to see more? Would you like to see yes? Is it just right? No, I would love for them to do something with Ring of Honor if he can get a TV deal for a show. But right now, the way it's been, is it's cool seeing some of the stars, like the people that you know are going to be in Ring of Honor. Uh, it's it's cool to see Samoa Joe in there. It's cool to see, uh, I mean, Jay Lethal, I can leave. Uh and whatever they're going to do with like a will you to type, you know, Daniel Garcia is an ROH champion right now. He's going to be on AEW TV. The problem to me is like they are sacrificing the AEW titles and what they mean and the TV time and the importance mm-hmm. by having all these ROH titles. Um, it, it's cool what Kenny Omega did with the belt collector and what FTR is doing with the A, the triple A championships and the IWGP. Like it's cool. It's a it's a fun novelty and it serves a subset of the audience by recognizing the other promotions, by recognizing the other titles. And it's cool to see them come out with them. It's cool to see that they won them on other shows and it's a fun thing to follow. Uh, but you don't have to follow it week by week. 
Like I would be completely fine if FTR, uh, FTR is a good example because they come out with the belts and they don't throw it down your face uh, that they are these champions and it's all about, and they're not having like IWGP matches on Dynamite. They're not having uh, AAA matches on Dynamite for the most part. Where the problem is, is you have Claudio Castagnoli with the ROH title and every ROH title match is happening on AEW TV. And it's like, okay, here's another title. Right. And then the ROH tag team titles and then the ROH pure championship and the TV. Ch- There's There are too many championships and it's distracting. It's distracting for a viewer who wants to pay attention to like, when AEW started, it was the TNT and it was the AEW championship. And like Cody having the TNT title and Brody Lee having the TV title meant something. And it was important. You wanted to make sure you saw those matches. Uh, AEW championship was a big time thing with Hangman Page, with Kenny Omega, obviously with John Moxley. Uh, but now there's ROH TV and ROH championship and ROH pure. And it's getting in the way of stories in my mind. I would love to have them a show. I would follow along with ROH, but I think you do kind of have to keep ROH and AEW separate and then maybe have your mega cards every once in a while. And if they're if they're not keeping them separate right now just because it's a lack of a TV deal, it might be worthwhile and it might be good for the brand if you just still kept them separate. Like don't have ROH title stuff on. I don't think it helps them just to keep the ROH name alive for an extra few months at the expense of the AEW name. Okay, cool. Well, news version is a little light, so there might be a little bit more Lazy River than normal, but we'll get to it in a moment. Starting off, NXT. If those of you who watched uh, the one-year anniversary of NXT 2.0 saw the death of NXT 2.0, they have dumped the Technicolor Vomit branding and are looking to go back to the black and gold, it looks like. Post-mortem on NXT 2.0. I personally thought it was a noble experiment. They they were basically going to try and emphasize character over all else in order to help feed to the main roster. I understand a lot of people didn't like it. They have a sneaky good roster. It's not a great roster, but it's a good roster. Uh, I, I'm wondering how the branding affects this now because I think people's expectations will be going back to pure black and gold, indie, super card, takeovers, and the guys aren't at that level yet. Uh, well, I don't think I don't think you're going to see the. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of a hybrid. And one, first of all, it's not as black and it's not as gold. Right. Like the gold is more like when Apple changed their phones from gold to starlight. Like this color is starlight. <laughs> like it's not gold. Okay. Um, so I, I think it's cool with the branding. Like it was weird having a logo that had multicolors that were still moving on TV. Yeah. Um, like the logo to me doesn't matter as much. I'm interested to see what the show looks like. Yeah. Cause like it's, it's cool that it was brighter and it looked like something where there were a lot of people that were interested in. I don't think you have to go back to the completely pitch black arena. No. Um, even though there's something to be said with with the black arena, the more focus was on the ring and it it was the action in the ring itself. I'm interested to see what the set looks like next week. Uh, I don't think you're going to see that much of a change with who's on the show right away. It's not going to be like when one went to 2.0 and you're like, okay, here's a completely different set of characters. And the Kyle O'Reilly's and Adam Coles were gone. Johnny Gargano was phased out and it's like a completely new show. I don't think you're getting a brand new show next week with uh, the new black and gold NXT. I think you're getting the same guys. You're, you might see some tweaks to the presentation, but think about it. Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, whoever was in charge, whoever's in charge of the show over the last year is still in charge. And these are still characters that they've worked with and still people that they've worked with. It's not like they're going to go into the office one day and be like, okay, scrap everything we did the last year. It's time for a change. Uh, you're going to see the same characters. You're going to see a similar show. And I don't know if you're going to see indie card extravaganzas too much in the in the, in the the future. Because honestly, what's an indie card extravaganza at this point? Right. There haven't been indies. I know there, there are prospering independents out there. But the, the ROHs of the world are in AEW right now. A lot of the talent that was big on the indie scene three years ago is either in WWE or AEW right now. The the scene hasn't developed another lower level to where it's like, okay, I want to see these four guys get signed. There's just not those names out there right now. Actually, I think what it's going to be, it's going to be like this last heat wave where it's like the lower tier WWE guys who have had some experience in NXT come back down 
to fight the up and coming stars like that Ricochet Carmelo Hayes match. Well, clearly they're pretty darn fantastic. Clearly they're doing more of that because you've had Apollo go down. Like it's not going to yeah. be a a sign of a demotion mm-hmm. to like go down to NXT for a little bit, especially if you're not on TV that much, because everyone's on the same page now. Right. Like if. Before, you know, five months ago, it was a demotion because, okay, Vince can't use you and he's not going to use you. So you're going to go down where Vince doesn't have his hands in it. Right Right. now. I mean, Triple H has his hands in everything. Shawn Michaels has his hands and you're going to see more. uh, You're going to see more synergy between NXT and Raw and SmackDown. You're going to see characters come up with the names most likely that they're using in NXT. You're going to see them with similar characters, probably because the characters that are eventually going to end up on the main TV are getting developed. On NXT, you're not going to go away from what's been developing. Um, whereas a year ago, it was okay. Shawn Michaels and Triple H were doing their thing, but I have a different idea for this guy. Let's bring him up, call him Butch. Like it's just not going to happen as much now. So I like the idea of them being a little bit more synergetic, if that is even a uh, real word. I like that idea. <laughs> but it's it, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. But I think if you're expecting like NXT of two years ago, especially if you're expecting the NXT of the WWE Network era, uh, you're not getting that, nor probably should you be getting that. Uh, and takeovers takeovers coming back. Cool. I mean, it's going to be called NXT TakeOver, whatever. I would love them to start doing uh, NXT and WWE pay-per-view weekends like they had been in the past. I would love them to maybe do on, uh, I know you can't anymore because Wednesday night or Tuesday night is your TV show. Uh, But if they ever want to do like a Friday night special after SmackDown on the app, try different things. I know you're always going to get accused of, oh, we're going up against AEW like all out weekend when they have two shows all around AEW's uh, all out. You're going to get accused of stuff, but try some different things. If it's going to be Saturday pay-per-views, if it's going to be Sunday nights after the WWE pay-per-views, like let's let's get into bigger arenas again. Let's make these guys into uh if you're going to keep it a developmental show, just make them a little bit higher tier. So when they show up on Raw and SmackDown, it's an even bigger deal. Um, I'm just, I'm just waiting to see when Braun Breaker's getting out of there. Right. Because I mean, this guy seemingly has all the potential in the world to be something big on one of the big shows and one of the big pay-per-views. Do you keep putting them on takeovers when there's only so many more WrestleManias and in, in a wrestler's future? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what they do with their own talent now, because it really is, the creative VP, Triple H's own talent. It's not two different wings of the company looking after two different shows. It's all one now. Suspensions from last week in AEW have been lifted for Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, Brendan Cutler, and Pat Buck. Do you Thank have any God lingering? Pat Buck is back. <laughs> Do you have any lingering thoughts about the punk uh, elite brouhaha that you have not been able to get out, Rob? Um, I mean, honestly, if you don't even look at the brawl, like if you just look at the press conference that CM Punk gave, like this is a guy you can't give a live mic to. Like if he's going to call out Adam Page, who in theory is still one of your bigger stars for a nothing segment, Punk doesn't take AEW seriously if he's just allowed to do whatever he wants. If he's allowed to say and call out whoever he wants to just because he feels slighted. Uh, This is a guy that said, hey, if you have a problem with me, come to me. And guess what he hasn't done? He hasn't gone to someone if he has a problem with him. So he's living by different standards. Uh, You can't trust him with a live mic. The fact that he was doing a press conference and going uh, and saying the things that he was saying about leaders in the company, about people that Tony Khan apparently trusts to run the company, and Tony's just sitting there like shaking his head and agreeing with him. Like if CM Punk is saying this and Tony Khan, you think he's right, then why do you have these folks? Why do you have the Bucks and why do you have Omega as leaders in your company if you think they're incompetent? Uh, And if I was was an entertainment reporter, a wrestling reporter at that press conference, the first question you ask once CM Punk does that diatribe which was clearly rehearsed. I mean, this is not uh, me saying anything new. This was clearly rehearsed. He he wanted to open his segment with this. He didn't get the intro that he thought he was going to get uh, from Nick Hossman. So he had to like kind of just do it forcefully. But if he's saying this stuff, the first question afterwards is, hey, Tony, do you agree that the Young Bunks and Kenny Omega and all your other VPs are incompetent? Like, how are you not asking that of Tony? Because he's here shaking his head at, oh, yeah, Punk, I, I agree. Like, oh, can't couldn't run the target? Sure, yeah. Uh, it was embarrassing. Before the brawl, CM Punk, like, you have to shut down 
that stuff and whether you have to shut that down you have to shut down whether you shut down the press conference or not but after the fact like first first thing i'm doing as tony is okay i'm i'm up and out of here uh you know bring on whoever i don't even remember who followed cm punk but like tony you got to get up and just let this person hang out at the table themselves or find someone and put someone at the table with them but you got to get up and like hey Mr. Mr. Brooks, like you probably shouldn't say that about you know the Masseys, and uh, you should probably shouldn't say that about the people I I lead and you know and have leading this company and the, and the people who are talking at your talent meetings. You know, two weeks ago when there's turmoil and talking at your talent meetings, these guys now aren't aren't around. Um, so yeah, the first thing all on CM Punk, like he's done it a few times now, where he's just kind of been ridiculous with a live mic. The press conference wouldn't have been as bad because it's not on TV. Right. Like there's only a certain amount of people that are actually watching this on YouTube. More people are watching it now because of what he said. But if he hadn't have said stuff like that, no one's really watching the YouTube thing. But so, I think you've brought up a point that nobody else has. And that is that the reporters in the room never went to Tony and said, what do you think of that? Because they were the scared to death of losing access. No, it's the first question is, uh, do you, do you agree with yeah. what CM Punk says that leaders in your company are incompetent. Like, do you agree? And, like, and, is, then, I, and then their credentials are pulled. I mean, that that's, that's okay. what happens after that. I so know, I know, I know that. Guess what? No. You don't need to be there. I agree. I mean, you don't really need to be there. If because you want to go there for interviews, you can get interviews at a different arena. Obviously you can't take part in the interview setup that AEW is doing, but you can, people are there. Um, and then, yeah, you get the question asked, you know what? People are going to watch that moment. More than the uh, Keith Lee uh, press conference right, after the right. fact. It's softball questions. How do you feel about facing this team next or whatever? It's like, yeah, but okay, you're right. I mean, these aren't, um, and I say this differently than others. Like, oh, these aren't real journalists. Like, I'm not saying it like this, but, you know, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, who we love and is great and Fightful is doing so awesome as far as a wrestling content creating website and YouTube channel and all this stuff. And I, I love what they do. You may not. I don't want to speak for you. Oh, no, no, no. We both. I we think both, I mean, I'm still I'm still in the family at Fightful yeah, from time to time. I, I, I'm I on think... reserve. And we both just just to give everybody clarity. We both were two of the first hires over there doing post shows for them so i mean we both of us love sean ross Eppenway and there's a reason why we did it like you know i did shows with sean at wrestling inc when he was still there um and like yeah but he he's an entertainment reporter he's an yes. entertainment journalist if you want to say the word journalist but he's a content creator he's he's making content out of what's happening in the wrestling world which is great and he's providing a service for people to know what's going on which is awesome um but I think people think that, uh, you know, a wrestling journalist, if you will, has to be, uh, you know, digging deep into stories to get their content. No, they're they're doing what allows them to be a concrete, a content creator in the space. And that goes back to your point, too, that, yeah, you don't want to lose as much access as you might be given because you ask a question that's serious. Um, leave it to the reporters. But there are people out there that consider themselves like real. I'm going to get to the bottom of the story reporting. Mm -hmm. And there were some that were in that room and they don't, and the first question, man, the first question after that diatribe shouldn't even be a follow-up to punk. It, it shouldn't be a different question of CM Punk. It should be Tony, you were there for that. Are your leaders incompetent? Are you incompetent? Or do you feel that you've done a bad job hiring the leaders you have? If this is the way talent feels about them, uh, does the majority of the talent in the locker room feel the same way about the leaders in the company? Uh, and if, you know, the question, if the answer is, I don't know, or I don't believe so, are you calling CM Punk a liar? Are you just all the questions that some might say, Oh, well, those are gotcha. And this, isn't what this press conference is supposed to be. It's supposed to be just about celebrating the all out show. Well, that out, went all out the window when the first question answered by CM Punk wasn't about all out. Right. And he wants to bring up backstage stuff into the story. You have the leader of the company there. You have to be asking it. Wrapping up the news portion for the most part, uh, actor Jeremy Allen White of The Bear. You've seen that on Hulu or FX, I believe. It's to play Carrie Von Erich in The Iron Claw, a movie about the Von Erichs starring also Zac Efron as Kevin Von Erich. Have you watched The Bear? You are a fan of prestige television, Mr. McCarran. 
I am. And I think it's a show that I want to watch. And I like the FX shows like Dave is one of my favorite show. Right. Uh, but no, I have not started the bear. It's interesting to me that you went with him first instead of Zac Efron to me, Zac Efron's the star there. So maybe I'm out of touch. Uh, uh, Jeremy Allen White is on the come in terms of being hot, a commodity because of this bear show to the point where he's actually overshadowed Efron, who was the main line who got producing. What's I think, what's this. Uh, what's this guy's name again? Uh, Jeremy Allen White. All right. So I make sure everyone, when you are transcribing this show, <laughs> Jeremy, Jer what is it? Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White. Allen -White. Uh, so Jaw, I'm going to call him Jaw. Jeremy Allen White is on the come, dot, dot, dot. He's hot, is what <laughs> Jeff said. <laughs> Just, uh, just make sure. Well, you are I mean, aware. The, the show is just—it's—it it, in terms of in Hollywood. I hear people circles, talking about it. I hear people talking. Yeah, what day I'm, is it on? What day does it come out on? Because it's on FX, right? It's on FX on Hulu. I believe so. Yeah, and so I believe I believe I believe out. it's I believe it's all on there. The first season and the second season hasn't started yet. Yeah, so you can watch it. Um, if it's like on a Wednesday night, obviously you gotta you gotta manage your time wisely. But yeah, you go watch <laughs> it on Hulu. Get the uh, get the old Disney Plus bundle. Uh, watch it on Hulu with all of your other Hulu favorites. Handmaid's Tale is back, uh, but yeah, I think the I think the Bear is a show that I want to uh, watch at some point. Uh, I just have not gotten to it yet. The Iron Claw. It's interesting making more movies about the Von Erichs. Um, that's a, that's a feel good story, isn't it? Is it? Uh, no, no, it's <laughs> not a feel good. I believe all of them are Disney uh, will make yeah. it a musical. They'll have a couple of singing animals telling you about the value of friendship. Oh, no, it's, left it's, out. it's absolutely terrible. Um, it's no good. It's a story that also, by the way, like even the most recent iteration of the story is at this point, what, 35 years old mm -hmm. at this point, 30 years old. Um, and then the heart of it is 40 and 50. It's a really good story for documentarians. It's a really good story for uh, uh, documentary sake, but uh, an entertainment movie out of it. I don't yeah. know. Um, no, I, I, just... I just don't know. <laughs> Nobody wants to come out of the theater feeling depressed. I'm also like anyone who's wanted to know the story. This this has got to be a movie. It's Zac Efron and, and Jeremy Allen White. Uh, did I get that right? Oh, my gosh. Yes, if you I got did. It. You nailed uh, it. So J.A. Uh, J.A. and Zac Efron here are in this movie. So you're going for a younger crowd. You want to tell the story to the younger crowd. Right. You want to kind of get the shock factor of, oh, my God, wrestling in the 70s and 80s. Oh, people were just they people were wrestling with brain injuries and like couldn't do anything. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's a sad story. Um, so maybe you're going to just retell this to a younger generation because I <laughs> no, think. No, it's going to be Fast and Furious because it's about family. Rob. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I, it's just uh, what other stories are you telling from the 70s and 80s? Like, because we we still have the Hulk Hogan movie with Thor, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. That's eventually might happen. Yeah, that's... Is it on Netflix already? Or no, 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 no. It's it's in production right now. If you told me it was on Netflix this whole time and I haven't I was literally going to leave the show right now <laughs> to go watch it because I cannot wait. I mean, I saw the newest Thor and this guy got even more jacked than he had already been just to play this Hulk Hogan character. Um, but no, I, yeah, that's that's one of those stories, but at least Hulk Hogan is still kind of relevant in uh, the mainstream, or at least has been in the last 15 years. Uh, I don't know what the audience is. I don't know what the audience is for doing a Carrie Von Eric movie. Yeah. And and I don't, it, obviously the budget is something they see because the guy, you got Zac Efron. They want to see the beefcake. They want to see the guy shirtless. That's all, and you got to get that in the Just trailer. see the guy shirtless? Okay, I mean, just make another Baywatch then, Zach. That's what I'm I mean, what thinking. Do you, yeah. What do you do? All right, so we're advocating for Baywatch 2 is what electric we're doing Boogaloo. right now. It has to be Baywatch 2 Electric Boogaloo. That has to be the name of it. I just can't imagine, like, <laughs> what other stories are you telling from the 70s and 80s that would be worth it? Because obviously they're telling ones that may not be worth it. So I, anything is possible at this point. Should we should we tell an entertainment forum the life of, like, the fabulous Freebirds? I mean, is that what we're doing next? Like, who is famous enough? Because even the Von Erichs weren't famous enough in no. the in the whole country they just weren't yeah they're they're central to texas mostly and, and that was it yeah i agree i i get a lot of uh i get a lot of vibes i don't know uh where i might be going with this it might be nowhere but <laughs> talking about the 70s and 80s and like all the tag teams that were out there with the rock and roll express and uh the the andersons is like i am getting that vibe where the matches aren't as big and they're not selling out arenas and they're not the main events on these shows. But 
the tag team scene right now is like very similar with who's kind of on top and who's big in these industries. Um, and it leads, and it leads me in, and maybe this is an FTR thing. Actually, maybe no, FTR this is, is leading to our everyone. lazy river anyways. I'm skipping the ratings talk because ratings are boring. So, ratings, so we'll go into this. Go ahead. Go ratings ahead are boring. And you know what? Jonathan Snowden on Twitter is absolutely right when it comes to rating. Like if we're not in advertising, what does it matter to us about right. the ratings? It's an indicator of, okay, who else is watching and what's hot? Because maybe I should determine what I'm watching by what's hot and what's popular. <laughs> but like outside of that, like just watch what you like. And let the business guys figure out what they should be doing for the ratings because we don't have we don't have the answers we don't have the ideas. Tell, uh, tell us with, about tag team wrestling, Rob. I mean, I'm into it. I'm into everything FTR is doing. I would, I, I would. It's very interesting that they're not in the AEW tag title scene, but they're also like the most important tag team in the company. So that mm -hmm. that just goes back to the conversation about championships and why is the AEW one important when really the ROH and the AAA and the IWGP are the important ones right now, because that's FTR who has it um, with, with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee was so exciting when he came in and like all the possibilities and like, here's this big dude. And there's not a lot of huge dudes in the company. Like, who is he going to wrestle? Cause it's going to look funny for him to be in the ring with Adam Cole. And I am not a like big guy should be pushed more. I'm not that. Cause I love Adam Cole. Um, Brian Danielson, who's like the second biggest guy in the company, not talent and popularity, like frame. Daniel Bryan is huge. Brian Danielson is huge compared to some of the folks that are in ROH, uh, ROH and AEW, but Adam Cole's great. Keith Lee is just huge. It's it's so weird, like him, uh, Morrissey now, who's in the company. Uh, Wardlow, Wardlow is like John Cena size. Like yeah. he's not going to pop off the screen if he was in the ring with some of the guys in WWE or Keith Lee or a, a, a Morrissey and all the Hobbs. Hobbs is a good example. He's a he's a big stocky guy. Like Hobbs is great. These guys are great, but there's not a lot of them in AEW. There's just not a ton of them in AEW. So it's so interesting with what Keith Lee was going to come in and do. And then you put him in a tag team. Okay. Tag team wrestling. There's a lot you can do and it, and the differences aren't that uh, in your face, but every time they're in the ring, it was the case this week on dynamite with the Lucha brothers. It's the case. If you put them in there with FTR, which obviously FTR is being kept away kind of from everybody in the actual tag team scene, because they're their own thing right now. Uh, it's the case with uh, the acclaimed is like every time Keith Lee and Swerver in the ring and it's not a healer baby face thing. It's just like, this is the team that should beat Swerve in our glory. They should lose to the acclaimed acclaims hotter. They should lose to FTR. FTR is hotter. They should lose to the Lucha brothers. Lucha brothers are hotter. Like everyone's hotter than Keith Lee. But and that's Swerve a good right place now. to be as champions as well, because that draws money. Cause it's going to be like, this is the time that they're going to lose this. Because they're not as good of a team. They're not as hot. They're not. The but hot isn't hand. that, wouldn't that the case? You want them to be bad guys? Wouldn't you want, and Swerve kind of They're is. close. I mean, they're, they're very close. I mean, if you watched All Out, they were working heel. Both of they them. They were. And and then Swerve comes out the and next Swerve night and cuts off the Acclaim's entrance. And they will be mega heels on, uh, on next week's Dynamite in Arthur Ashe, they'll be mega heels. That's yes. great. And if that's the way you want to go and they're going to be the heel tag team and you're really waiting for an established tag team to beat them. And maybe that is FTR in the future. Okay. okay. But if they keep just doing these two or three week feuds and they end up on the pay-per-view against uh, like who we like, I don't know the, the gun club, like if that's their next, like it, it's just not going to work. So I'm waiting to reserve. Like I, I am waiting to see what happens but it's getting to the point where I've been waiting to see what happens with them for two months now. And so far it's like not working for me for swerving our glory. And it's nothing really against them. It's just, they're not, they're not high. I'm not interested in seeing them in the ring at this point because everyone they're in the ring with is better. And I just don't, I, the matches are fine. Oh, the acclaim is not better. I mean, they over deliver. Well, the claims not match. better. I mean, Anthony Bowens is great, and then Max Caster has some work to do. But the character of Max Caster is obviously over. Right. And maybe if they win, they're not probably long term champions. You get the titles off of them to another heel tag team. But is the tag team swerve in our glory? I mean, the Young Bucks being out kind of hurts. I know they were going to be in the trios category anyway. Uh, Death Triangle is in the trios category. So you're taking some of these teams out into the trios element. Um, it's, 
I, I just don't know swerve and maybe I'll be proven wrong or proven difference. Cause I'm not really saying they shouldn't be the tag team champions and they're terrible. It's just not working for me personally. And we'll see what happens at full gear. We only, uh, we only got two months to go really uh, before full gear, maybe even less at this point. So we'll find out relatively soon what the story is, whether that's on Wednesday or later. My turn on the lazy river. Uh, speaking of tag teams, you do not watch SmackDown uh regularly but not regularly and 100 percent, no (laughs) but imperium as a three-man unit is so much better so much better as as a three-person unit than than they were with just uh kaiser and gunther the former walter uh i love the former fabian eichner now known as uh, giovanni vinci i think they bring a certain energy to it i love that team I am here for them versus the Street Profits every day and twice on Sunday when they have their big match. And and this feud with the Brawling Brutes, look, I, I love Pete Dunne. Sheamus is born again hard. That match at Clash at the Castle was so good that these two had. It was, and, uh, it was so good. And not only that, but the reaction just for Ludwig, you know, saying the word Imperium. Yes. Is and I know what happened in Wales, and these guys are Europeans, like all of them. And but that's not it. It's just people were excited for the group because instead of Ludwig being a a speaking uh just a, a face for Gunther. Like now you have a trio. Now you have Gunther, who's the hop. You get the tag team. You get the whole group dynamic. You can do these trios. Um, I look back to when, you know, the Wyatt family was around and you had evolution and you were having banger six man tags on like raw every week and on pay-per-views six man tags are great. Like AEW probably overdoes them a little bit. Go out of your way to watch the one last week from Friday between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. It is really, really good. Yeah. No, I did. I did watch that because I'm in on, there's a few things on SmackDown I'm really in on. And it get sometimes I just think that if all this roster was all combined and you had Raw and SmackDown, like it might be better right now. Maybe the brand split is a, uh, is something that should also go by the wayside. Uh, but well, they're not even following. I mean, we had uh, we well, no, Sonya Deville on Raw this week. We, <laughs> which uh, if this it's is fine. the way they're going to do fine. it, if if this is the way they're going to do it, and they say they want a brand split, like there's no difference between like a Raw and Nitro, or excuse me, a Nitro and Thunder. When okay, you didn't have the entire group on both shows, but you had some. You had enough uh, connectivity. To where it's like, okay, I'm going to watch these shows because I don't know who's going to show up, right? I, I don't. I'm if my favorite guy, Sami Zayn, I might see him on Raw, or I might just see him on SmackDown. Uh, it's AEW Rampage and AEW Dynamite, right? Uh, you're not seeing the same rosters on both shows anymore. Like right. it's it's almost completely different rosters, but they might cross shows. Um, if that's the way they're going to do it, I would like you know, don't talk about brand split. Don't talk about um, you know these guys. This is a SmackDown star on Raw. Just these are who. Is showing this is who's showing up this week. Like you, you know who you're gonna see on a Raw, you know who you're gonna see on a SmackDown, but there are going to be bonuses. You might see the Usos on Raw when they weren't supposed to. You might see Sami Zayn, you might see Kevin Owens on SmackDown. Braun Strowman debuts on Raw and then is a SmackDown superstar. Like I'm sure he'll show up. Tag division could not stand that part of it though. Well, that's the that's the negative of the tag. Like that is more 1990s tag division. Yes, that's that's Vince talking right there. Just kill it. Although not you know there are certain guys like you can you can kill the undercard of the tag division if you still have one two or three like top tag team names that are you okay you know these are the real tag team threats right now right but the other they're they're tag teams but they're not the real threats like you can you can do away with them you know that otis and chad gable aren't getting the tag team straps they're not going to be the highlight of the division lately let them get destroyed that's fine to me but don't be destroying you know the usos for example don't don't destroy uh I mean, who's even second in command right now from the use? The New Day. The New Day is not getting destroyed by these guys, right? So I, I wasn't as mad at the Braun Strowman debut and killing the tag team division in quotes. Well, it was but, four teams. That was my problem with it. And I think one of them was the Street Profits, if I recall correctly. Well, the Street, the street Profits are probably... I think yeah, the, the New Day was in there too. Yeah, you got I, I think there was a four-way. They just weren't being destroyed by them. Like he right. was singling out Chad Gable, right? right. And yeah. Um, but there's always cool things you could do with that. Like, okay, they took out Chad Gable. This match gets, but there, there's three other teams that are still ready to wrestle. Let's finish the match, guys. Let's like, like, let's make it a three-way. 
if if they come out and just say, okay, we're going to finish the match. It sucks for Chad Gable, but we still need a winner. We still need to determine like who's one of the top teams for a future title shot. Let's continue the match. Uh, small things like that that I would think Triple H will do more of uh, just based on what he's been doing right now, but we'll see. Uh, but I, I do like the uh, I do like the shifting of people from brand to brand without bringing attention that it's a brand crossover. Uh, just let guys go where they're where they're going to go. Make a make it a meaningful part of the storyline if you do. Um, I like that you have the bridge of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because anytime they show up on a different show, there's a ready-made story. You don't have to explain why one of these guys is on the show. Right. It's like they're entwined in each other's storyline. Kevin Owens wants to be the champ. Sami Zayn is an honorary oos. Roman Reigns has brought up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens connections, like show up on each other's show. That's completely fine. Uh, any subject you want to talk about, this is your turn. This is my turn on what is being called the lazy river, the huh? lazy river of wrestling criticism. That's what we call it. We talked about it. I mean, how crazy is the momentum shift that has seen between AEW and WWE? Cause I, I don't remember like a singular moment, but a year and a half ago, two years ago, when, when touring was just getting going again. So I guess it would have been uh, maybe even a year and a couple of months ago, touring was just getting going again. And you would see like empty WWE arenas. Yes. Like they were not full SmackDowns getting 2000 fans in an 8,000 seat building. You're seeing 35% fulls. The WrestleTix account on Twitter would like show how many are sold versus how many are available. And AEW was doing much smaller arenas, but they were selling out. And so you're getting a perception that, okay, WWE is cold. AEW is pretty hot for the markets or they're at least running the right markets, but WWE is having trouble selling tickets. And then all of a sudden now, like WWE could put a show anywhere and they're selling out. I think there's two two divergent things here. I think WWE has become definitely more fun without Vince running it. I mean, Pat, Pat McAfee, who I think is a joy. I mean, I oh, love, I love awesome. him on commentary, and, and Michael Cole has gotten better as a result of him. But the performers are having fun. They get to they get they're not going to get screamed at if they go a little bit off script and they want to improvise a little bit. Uh, the program feels a little fresher. The matches are a little longer. It's actually hiding a lot of the things that they used to do because they used to do about like 20 different segments in like one time. And instead they're doing like two segment matches, et cetera. And so that's, that's going gonna... how... to keep going with the likes of the Matt Riddles on the roster, Johnny Gargano's yeah. like uh, Kevin Owens. You're going to see longer matches just on the, on the face of it, like who's involved and who's and, there. And I think in AEW, as a result of the injuries, but also as a result of, say, Cody leaving, which people undervalue in some ways. But I think I think in some ways AEW has become less diverse in terms of what they, it used to be. Okay, we're going to give you a lot of different things from a lot of different styles, and you can be able to do it like a buffet type of thing. But they're scared of their women's division in AEW. You know, the Southern style booking of both Cody and FTR is kind of on the back burner a bit. Although MJF coming in gives me a little bit of hope because it's, you know, it's heavy promo build feud. There's a lot of, there's a lot of positives. Yeah. You talk about the women's division too. And uh, I just, maybe it's me also, but Tony storm, Tony storm has not been working for me. There's, there's a lot of positives in that. She's not even the focus of the division right now. It's Jamie Hayter. And being on, yeah. So Jade uh, Jade Cargill is getting a lot of time, uh, which is good. Um, Jade Cargill's going to be, if she's not already like a big star and a big primetime player. Uh, I, I think you have something there in the Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter. I don't necessarily know if that needs a title. I think if they end up putting the title on one of those two, which is possible, like next week, uh, if they put the title on one of those two, there's less opportunity for the entire women's division now because you could easily have the feud of Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker and then a Tony Storm title program and a Jade Cargill program, because now you have three ready-made programs uh, for the women's division on television. But a real sign of what you're saying with being afraid of that division, not wanting to put them and highlight them on TV for whatever reasons, most likely it's because they have just so much male talent that I think Tony wants to focus on all of it. Uh, if you if you cut down that by one and now all of a sudden you just have the AEW women's title and the uh, TBS championship, like that hurts the division because you know Tony's not going to have on the main shows 
a third women's program right. going just by his history. He's not going to do it. And I definitely see them putting the title on a Jamie Hader or Britt Baker so that they can condense. Like Tony's thinking in his mind, right? That I have two segments I can get the women on. Do I have Jamie Hader and Britt Baker with no women's title program? Or do I put the women's title on one of them? They and made, now I got both titles on TV. But they made Tony Storm look bad last night. I mean, that 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 ending segment where Hader comes down, pulls the chair from Britt, and then hits Tony Storm anyways, preceded like by, is, well, yeah, hold on, pre woman... preceded by that promo, that match, where Tony Storm's the most unlikable I think she's ever been, and Athena's always unlikable in her promos for some reason. She's just weak at doing babyface promos because she's always kind of doing snarky sarcasm all the time. They don't know how to book a female baby face in this division. And it's and they no. <laughs> and they always go back to Brit. Oh, absolutely absolutely go back to Brit. Um, but in this case, they're going back to Brit probably to condense how much they have to get on TV. It's a shame because they have a lot of talented uh women on the roster a lot more now in the last few months than uh than even two years ago. They're building up Penelope Ford, uh, for whatever the case may be. Maybe she's a future challenger for Jade, maybe she's a future challenger for Tony Storm. Um, I would love to see Tony keep the title next week because they're doing this four-way and you never know what what they have planned. I would love to see Tony keep the title. Uh, let's put some more uh, focus and momentum on her. Let's do Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. I don't, can you keep that going all the way to full gear? Maybe. I mean, I could see that being a big match on the full gear show. And then you also have a TBS title and AEW title, if not more. I mean, who's to say there aren't other programs that you can put on a full gear pay-per-view too, uh, especially now when you have, you know, some top talent on the male side out and maybe not even wrestling on the full gear show. Uh, now's the time. Now's the time to focus on the women's division. See what you got. Put more, put more emphasis on it on rampage. If you have to, uh, and it's going to be a telltale sign next week. You have two hours of rampage next week. How many women's division matches are on it? Because if it's still just one, that is a major problem. Yeah. I, I have one more uh, thing here and then I'll let you go. Um, Cause I know you have a hard out here. Uh, yeah. Have a hard out watching this exciting Thursday night football <laughs> game. We were talking about chiefs and chargers that your brother's at uh, MJF this promo. Um, I do a dynamite show over on fight game media. The ho uh, so the hot takes are there, mm. but, but I, I have this question because to me, he doesn't feel like a main event baby face. He feels like, well, he's not a main event baby face. He's well, the biggest bad guy in the show. <laughs> oh, it should be also noted that uh, next week. I mean, me okay, I am going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. I I'm going to let you finish. But to me, Beyonce had the album of the year. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> But Beyonce should have been able. Uh, anywho, okay. Uh, Brian um, Danielson. Brian Danielson is a heel. Brian Danielson he? came out. Brian Danielson is a heel. He's a bad guy, and I think this is going to play into it on Wednesday. John Moxley is a babyface. He comes out of the babyface tunnel. Brian Danielson came out of the babyface tunnel uh, one time after yes. War Games when he returned. Yes. He came out of the babyface tunnel. He has since gone back, and these things are on purpose, man. These are not accidents. He has since gone back to the heel tunnel. Brian Danielson might heal out on John Moxley next week. He might. And, and I don't know if the crowd's going to be in favor of one or the other, but Brian Danielson might heal out a little bit. But that I bring that up to bring this up is MJF comes out of the heel tunnel. He's a heel. People are excited to see him. He, I'm excited to see what he does on TV, but he's not supposed – he's not even supposed to be like this anti – a game baby face like a Steve Austin was right. Like he's a bad guy and he's going to get his comeuppance by somebody. Is he too Mizzy though? That's, that's my question here because the, the, the oh, crowd, God, no. the, the crowd plays a little bit much. And also he's just doing random screaming at times. Whereas main event heels in the past, like you think flair, you think, you know, the horsemen, whatever, they always have that sense of calm and in control. And then, and then the talent or the guy that they're feuding with, riles them up and they'll start screaming occasionally here and there but they're always in control here it just seems like mjf on that promo was if you read the text of it and if he says it like quietly it's menacing here he seems almost crazy at times because he's doing just random screaming into the camera and and it looked like that was planned a bit uh wh what did you yeah. think of the promo here no i thought i he's i don't think there's been a miss for MJF on oh. AEW TV okay. in the last year. I don't think there's been a miss, but 
this is who MGF is. He's not secure. He's not calm. This is a guy that hasn't gotten his main event shots. He's not in the tournament of champions. He had to do this whole array with the poker chip just so he can kind of get his spot in the top, but he's not a guy who's confident. Um, he, he may try to come off this way, but deep down, he's not a confident guy. He's not been in the top. He couldn't beat CM Punk. He hasn't beaten John Moxley. Like, he he has to cheat to win the well, dynamite. It's interesting you say rings. that because every promo he does is you're a fraud. You're a fraud. You're a fraud. You're not like this uh, uh, thing. And it, it turns out because, he's a fraud. Well, I mean, God, there's a uh, there's a big guy that's been running around calling everyone else a fraud for the last five years. That might pretty much be a big fraud. Frauds <laughs> call other people frauds because they want to divert <laughs> attention from themselves. Max, uh, Jacob, Max Jacob Friedman, MJF, like he's great on TV. I don't think he needs to be the calm Ric Flair. He's not, he's his own big top heel, but he's not this calm guy who legitimately thinks he's the best. He's not this big guy who legit, legitimately has reason to be the best on the show. He's, he's an insecure little kid who still wants everything but hasn't earned it and doesn't think he might be able to earn it. So he has to get it in other ways and his other ways are cheating. His other ways are talking into the uh, main event, like a Conor McGregor. Uh, but how do you talk your way and get attention if you're not loud in the camera and in someone's face, you have to be loud in someone's face. You can't just be laid back and hope it comes to you because it doesn't work. Right. I just think some of the anger is directed more towards audience than the person he's feuding with that. That was all my, well, right now, I mean, he has, there's no champion, right? So he doesn't have a protagonist to go against. He doesn't have that person who's the champion. He's going to mock all the people. And he's going to mock John Moxley, who was the last champion before CM Punk. Okay. Like he just doesn't have that one-on-one. -on -one. He has, he has the crowd who maybe he thinks in his mind didn't miss him as much as they should have. Right. Like he was gone for three months. Uh, he's, he's a guy that had to uh, wear a mask to go get that poker chip because like everything has to go right. And people can't know it's me or else people might uh, be, you know, who maybe Claudio gets up and is more, uh, more worried about who's in the mask here. If he knows it's MJF and maybe right. he gets up from his beating and puts a little bit more fight into it. I, I just, I don't think he has to be Ric Flair. I don't think he has to be anyone. I mean, Steve Austin, when he was mega heel was in the camera's face, right? Like he was just yelling at everybody. You know, I, I, I think MGF has been a big, huge hit the last, at least oh, this I, calendar I love year him when sure. he comes out. I was just wondering what, what is missing in him and I can't figure it out. Cause it's to me, to me, what's missing in is he doesn't have like right now, he does not have something against him. Right. Because maybe it's going to be John Moxley and you're setting up for that. Maybe it's going to be Daniel. If it's Brian Danielson, like MGF doesn't fit in. If Brian Danielson win next, wins next week, it's him and Moxley for a good bit of time here. I don't see MJF getting the full gear uh, shot. If CM Punk were still around, I think MGF was guaranteed for that full gear title shot and maybe even win it. But right now, I mean, this can, this will play into the character, I'm sure again. But if Brian Danielson wins. He doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have that person to go up against and then who is it like who does he start going up against because there's no clear sign of who that would be right now plug your stuff if you wish rob um yeah so uh let's see tomorrow i'll be at work um <laughs> saturday i'll be at the lake you can catch me at the lake nice. uh sunday uh, sunday's actually open guys if you want to book me for uh for my house or uh for the lake like it's open right now i might might go eat in an applebee's no probably not um no i right now i don't have anything to plug this was super fun to uh come back and talk to you jeff and talk to the uh millions and millions of shake them ropes listeners that i uh created and built uh, so that you and can then took with your Twitter. Over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the Twitter account. You got the Twitter account. Oh, no, no, no. You, well, you well, it turned from Rob a from Twitter, Indiana. A, a Twitter account that is losing followers daily. Yes. Um, Cause I don't really, I mean, God, I just, That's I true. post, I post truths, but I post them very infrequently. You can follow me at crap game 13. If you, you can follow the show at shake them ropes, all one word. We are part of the voices of wrestling podcasting network. I also do a show over on Fight Game Media, patreon.com slash Fight Game Media, the Dynamite Show every Wednesday, about 10 to 15 minutes after uh, Dynamite goes off the air, myself and Paul Fontaine giving the hot takes. You get the cold takes. If you want to follow Chris Novembrino, 
at DWATG. That stands for Don't Worry About the Government. You can follow his show, Don't Worry what do About you, TV. What are you following him for right now? He no-showed today. You know, follow him, <laughs> traveling. Tra- doesn't he know that, like, computers have microphones? He'd do a show from anywhere these days. Uh, but I will say, Jeff, you've gotten much better at the plugging than you were a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, w- I used to be bashful about it. Now I'm just now I'm just a whore. Is that how Jeremy Allen White comes? <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.